0: Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Barra. And I'm Rebecca Knight. It's Monday, November 7th, and we have the latest news you need and want to know. Plus, we talked to a manager who adopted a four-day work week to reduce employee burnout.
1: It's a messy situation at the beginning, but you just have to persevere because it really is worth it. Here's the latest. A Putin ally
0: says Russia is working to, quote, surgically meddle in the midterm elections tomorrow. Oligarch Yevgeny Prigozhin posted on a Russian social media site saying, we have interfered, we are interfering, and we will continue to interfere in U.S. elections. His apparent admission comes after the New York Times reported on Russian attempts to influence the midterms. This wouldn't be the first time. U.S. intelligence reports found evidence of Russian interference in the
2: 2016 presidential election, which the Kremlin continues to deny. Well, there's another first for Twitter since Elon Musk formally took over the app. For the first time ever, the head of a major social media platform has openly endorsed a U.S. political party, and you can probably guess the party Musk chose, the GOP. In a tweet, he urged his 110 million followers to vote for a Republican Congress to balance out the Democratic White House. He claimed that, quote, shared power curbs the worst excesses on both sides, Worth noting that many Republican lawmakers remain skeptical of legislation looking to rein in the powers of major tech platforms like, I don't know, just off the top of my head, Twitter. The major stock indexes ended the day in positive territory. As Insiders Carla Mossé says, investors don't yet know the results of the midterms. But what we do know is is that history
0: shows that stocks, or specifically the S&P 500, has risen in the 12 months after midterm elections, each time since the end of World War II. And part of that has to do with uncertainty of the elections. Of course, markets dislike uncertainty. And also, there is a question about whether stocks will be able to move higher because the Fed has been hiking interest rates. We're also looking at a recession this year. But a few analysts that we spoke to have said that yes, they do think that we're going to see those gains. One of the theories is that markets actually like gridlock. <laughs> we figure if Washington can't really move much, that's probably better for regulation and therefore a better stock environment. American swimming powerhouse Katie Ledecky has broken a second world record in just a week. At the FINA Swimming World Cup in Indiana over the weekend, she shaved two seconds off the previous record for the 800-meter race. And that's just a week after the 25-year-old broke the record for the 1500-meter. Throughout her career, Ledecky has won 10 Olympic gold medals, more than any
2: other female swimmer. The FIFA World Cup starts later this month in Qatar, and Budweiser is stocking up. It expects more beer to be drunk during the tournament than in an entire year in the strict Muslim country. There was talk about an alcohol ban at the tournament, but instead strict rules are in place for so-called international beverages to be sold at stadiums. Without a brewery in Qatar, Anheuser-Busch has been shipping in supplies and storing them in refrigerated warehouses. There's even a backup plan if fans drink everything on hand, which is flying in emergency supplies from the UK. Here at The Refresh from Insider, we have the news you need and want to know always up to date. And hey, if you like what you hear, help us keep the sound waves on by telling other people to listen to the show. A top White House national security advisor has been holding undisclosed talks with his Russian counterpart and another top Putin aide. That's according to The Wall Street Journal. The topic? Keeping the war from spreading and discouraging the use of weapons of mass destruction. And according to The Washington Post, the Biden administration is urging President Zelensky to signal he is open to negotiating with Russia, something Zelensky has said he won't do while Putin is in office. Republicans are trying to get thousands of mail-in ballots thrown out in three key swing states. In Pennsylvania, GOP officials already got the state Supreme Court to rule that ballots without a date written on the envelope must be discarded, even if they arrived prior to election day. In Michigan, the Republican candidate for secretary of state is suing to get absentee ballots tossed out unless they were submitted in person with an ID. But The lawsuit only targets Detroit, which is majority Black and Democrat. And in Wisconsin, where absentee ballots have to be signed by a witness, envelopes without a complete witness address will not be counted. More Black and Latino first-time buyers managed to find a home during the pandemic, but there's a warning this uptick isn't gonna last. Data from the American Community Survey show a 2% rise for Black home ownership and 2.5% for Latinos. Stimulus checks and student loan repayment pauses helped people save, while low mortgage rates allowed others to keep hold of their homes. Of course, those rates are long gone, and so is the pause in payments. So the Urban Institute says closing the racial home ownership gap isn't looking promising as white home ownership also rose. There's a total lunar eclipse happening tomorrow, and it'll be your last chance to see one for the next three years. Only catch is you have to either wake up really early or stay up super late. The partial eclipse starts a little after four in the morning Eastern on Tuesday with full coverage at 5.17 a.m. Then for about an hour and a half, the moon will appear red, what's known as a blood moon. That's because the earth will be blocking the sun from hitting the moon and rays must first pass through our atmosphere, giving the moon that eerie reddish hue. A 16-year-old McDonald's worker in New Orleans was allegedly robbed at gunpoint and then forced into a freezer. When she called 911, a familiar voice picked up,
1: her mom. Mama, please hurry up. She got a gun. We're gonna hurry. Give me a description. She got a mask on. She got somebody outside. And she got us okay. in the freezer. you in the freezer?
2: Yes, she has it in a freezer. WDSU, the Louisiana NBC affiliate, spoke to the teen, Tania Hill, and her mother, Terry Clark. Clark told the news station that she was in shock, but she tried to keep her composure and do her job as dispatcher. Police eventually arrived at the scene, and Clark was able to check on her daughter.
0: Now we take a look at one company's experience implementing a four-day workweek. For many employees, a four-day workweek seems like a fantasy, but for employers, it seems like a big gamble. Paying your workers the same amount of money to work fewer hours? Risky. Well, a public relations firm in London is giving it a try. The employees at the firm, Unity, started working four days a week in June. Samantha Losey is a managing director there, and she's here to tell us how it's going. So you were the person who suggested this to your firm. Why did you want to give it a try?
1: We worked so much through the pandemic because I think absolutely everybody did, I and mean, it just felt like we were working very relentlessly. And I noticed that myself, but also you know my team were really started to get burnt out. And so I happened to read um, a book by Andrew Barnes, which was on the four day week during the pandemic. And then once you read the book, you're like, oh my goodness, yes! All these kind of conventions that we're just so wedded to. Where did they even come from? They came from a industrial revolution. Why are we working like that when it's our brain power that we're using all of the time. And when you when you look at the science also about how the human mind works, it makes total sense that you would shift around the way people have worked conventionally. But you really struggled to convince your board to try this. What was the source of their resistance? You know, I think it's really a traditional mindset. I would say, you know, of, of the people that I speak to, especially the people that run businesses, there's this kind of shock and awe. So you're going to keep them for four days, but you're going to pay them for five days? And how how's that going to work? And what happens if you win more business? And you go, well, if we win more business, we hire more people, just like we would normally, like nothing's different. But that kind of mindset around, but of course we work five days, and of course you have a two-day weekend, and this sort of entrenched from childhood view of what a working week looks like, and it was that that we needed to overcome. It's the way things have always been done. So the first few weeks of this new schedule
0: weren't easy so much that you said you found yourself on the floor crying.
1: (laughs) Why, why was it so hard? Oh my goodness. I slightly regret ever saying I was on the kitchen floor sobbing, holding the dog with my wine in my hand. But I also (laughs) do think that I, you know, I have to be truthful about it. I think it was so many things in terms of us just not being adequately prepared we had thought through a lot of different things we'd put different processes in place but the reality of it we work in effect three days a week that you work as a whole team because we were on Monday to Thursday or Tuesday to Friday so actually Friday and Monday and the whole weekend become this sort of patch where you don't have a full team you've only got a full team three days of the week and that was really really challenging to just schedule and to get in the right rhythm and to get people thinking about productivity in a different way and respecting each other's time hence my kitchen floor incident so what ways did you trim the flab so we cut all internal meetings down to five minutes the most you can have is 15 minutes and if there's not an agenda you can't have it we cut all client meetings down to 30 minutes which clients absolutely love. And we implemented this really interesting kind of button system, which puts you into three modes. So you're either heads down, light is red, leave me alone, don't interrupt me. You're amber. So yes, you can interrupt me, but I'm quite busy. So only do it if it's really urgent. And then green, which is, yep, come talk to me. I'm open for business. And that was incredibly valuable to us. What changes have you seen in
0: productivity? Are people really able to accomplish in four days what they used to in five?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's the one thing that is without question. I don't think that I can actually say we are more productive in four days than five, because that's something really difficult to measure with the type of work that we do. But I can categorically say that we have not dropped anything. We're not producing less. We haven't had any kind of client instances where we've lost a client. We've, you know, ballsed something up for a client. The question I get from absolutely everyone is, oh, so you just make them work more hours in the four days it's like no no I don't do that they work the same hours you'd be amazed what people can do when they've got the kind of bit between their teeth about getting that fifth day
0: the biggest improvement you said has been your employees mental health and you told us how burnt out they were
1: during the pandemic is this self-reported that it's improved have you noticed a lightness to them We have a happiness index that we use as a business because I think that happiness is really a crucial measure of whether or not you're going to be productive. So we have got tangible numbers that people's mental health has benefited, but every time I ask people anecdotally, how are you feeling? What are we, you know, what can we do better? And so much was, you know, I just don't get the Sunday scaries anymore, or I don't feel stressed about coming back to a full inbox on a Monday or Friday or whatever it might be. And they, there is a lightness to it. So, has your company decided to make this four-day work week permanent? We have decided to uh, partially because I think I would end up like Marie Antoinette; my head would roll if I took it away. Um, so, there's a little fear on my side of just revolution. Also, just because I think that it, it is a no-brainer for us; it's worked incredibly well. For other firms that are considering adopting this, what do you want them to know? It's a messy situation at the beginning, but you just have to persevere because it really is worth it. When you see the value and the impact on your people and the way that they're sort of, I I don't want to be sort of too you know esoteric about it. Their spark comes back quite a lot, and that's really powerful to see. And also the other thing that this has done, which I am totally in love with and I would recommend for any business, is. It's really banded the team together in a whole nother way. They are so much closer. They have each other's backs. Yes, it comes with complications, but the value of it ultimately, I think, in terms of retention, in terms of recruitment, in terms of health and well-being, cannot be overstated. Thank you so much, Samantha, for coming on our show. No problem. Thank you
0: so much for having me. Samantha Losey is the managing director of the PR firm Unity in London.